but at least you know that the bar's open while you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm in it, I'm not happy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing and the F is for well you decide. As you're probably wondering, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, editor of Rockstar CMO, your monthly hit of marketing street knowledge. And this weekly podcast serves as my excuse to chat to my friends, marketers, writers and CMOs I've met through our publication and my career leading marketing teams and consulting for B2B brands. You can find me and our publication at rockstarcmo.com and at Rockstar CMO on LinkedIn and Twitter. This episode was recorded on Friday the 15th of January. I hope you've had a good week and you are well, safe and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. 2021 has certainly picked up from where 2020 left off. We have a pack set list this week. Rockstar marketing advisor Jeff Clark joins me to discuss whether a marketing trend or technique is a one-hit wonder or wonder wall. I catch up with a previous guest and business coach, Caroline Kay, to get some positivity out of 2020. And I kick off my weekend with my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose, in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar. Right, let's get started, shall we? Before I start, a quick mention of the new issue of Rockstar CMO called You've Come a Long Way, Baby, named after the album by Fatboy Slim. It offers some wonderful retrospects of 2020 and predictions for 2021 from our Rockstar marketing writers and CMOs that you can find at rockstarcmo.com and click on the latest issued link. Right, on to our first segment. Marketers love to be down with the cool kids, dancing to the latest sound. But will that tune stand the test of time? Each week, my chum, Jeff Clark, Rockstar CMO advisor and former Serious Decisions Forrester analyst, joins me in deciding if that marketing tune, topic or technique or trend is a one-hit wonder or wonderful. Let's find out what's hot or not this week. Welcome back, Jeff, to Rockstar CMO FM. Thank you for having me again. You're very welcome. Lovely to be back. Yeah, I'm conscious that last week I just started chatting and started asking you questions and I didn't really do any intros or hellos. So I thought I'd take my time in easing into this one this time, into our, <laughs> into our one hit wonder or wonder wall. Um, how are you? I'm doing very well. Um, you know, sur- surviving... Uh, you know, government overthrows and you know other interesting <laughs> things, and trying to keep myself sane and focused. So, <laughs> well, I think we've got a great topic this week. Um, as as we've already done, what was it? The first week we did agile marketing. Last week we did um, what did we do? Marketing last week? attribution. Marketing attribution. So we, we're tackling the big guns, um, and this week uh, is I'm inspired by, as many people are, by Mark Ritson an article that I read by him, where he talked about in Marketing Week, he says, want a job, pretend you believe in digital marketing. And then he basically uh, bags on what he calls the worst digital (laughs) claptrap. And then also on LinkedIn, I saw some stats about um, uh, shared by uh, a chum at at Hootsuite who was talking about how digital marketing is one of the most popular hashtags alongside, um, alongside content marketing and stuff. So, 
what do we think? Digital marketing, in your opinion, is it is it uh, a one-hit wonder or is it wonderful? Well, I think so let's let's examine this. So I remember twenty years ago where uh, you know everything went from uh, you know from you know doing direct mail to reach out to customers and prospects, yeah. the email, and then and then we got concerned about spamming, and then we you know we had websites, but then we tried to tie the emails into websites and landing pages and mm-hmm. doing fancy. Uh, um, Oh, I mean, I did so many projects where you know we couldn't do things on our own website, so we created third-party sites that had all the bells yeah. and whistles and driving people to it. You know, then all the advertising moved digital. Um, PR has moved digital. Um, you know, because PR is now not about pumping out press releases and doing mm-hmm. you know press you know it briefings. It's it's more about influencing influencers, which is largely online. Mm-hmm. Um, Events this last year, they went all online. I mean, mm-hmm. not that they won't go back to being live and in person, but but even live and in person events, as I remember, was you know we're balancing this. All the promotion was tended to be digital. A, a lot of the, the post event was digital. Yeah. So so everything has been either straight digital or hybrid, yeah. and um, even sales is now moving in with sales engagement um, tools and stuff like that. It's like, well, how do we use AI and, um, you know, a combination of ways of reaching out to clients like text, email, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, and social to, to get in touch with clients. So it's like sales is moving digital. And in fact, you know, I've been working with companies where, you know, all they're selling is virtual, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't drop by people's offices for the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that, to me, this means that marketing is digital marketing, mm-hmm. which which actually would lead me to the question of what is digital marketing if it's not marketing? Um, and if I was the head of digital marketing, or if I you know was was you know, again like like Mark Ritson is saying, you know, you've you've, you've almost got to put on the, the face that you're a digital marketer. Mm-hmm. You really should be asking yourself, um, you know, in the work that I've been doing, you know, how how has everything moved to digital or where what portion yeah. has been moving to digital? So you can actually yeah. make the case, you know, you don't want to, if somebody says, I want somebody that has digital marketing skills, you don't want to be, you don't want to say, you know, you know, I don't know. That's just a, that's a one hit wonder. <laughs> you want to be yeah, able yeah. to say, well, you know, here's all the things that I do and here's everything we do. Here's yeah. everything we need to do that ties into um, the digital world. Yeah. So do you think that, so on that basis, then we're saying that marketing is just digital now? Yes. Uh, which which I think has been said many times uh, over the years anyway, hasn't it? It's, it's become one of those super, superfluous terms that we no longer need to put on the front of marketing. But I was interested there, you mentioned that if you were the head of digital marketing, does that role still exist? Well, I... It- it it definitely still exists. I mm-hmm. mean, people still get hired in uh, to be part of teams, run teams. Um, but then I think it it is it's really worth asking the question about what is a digital marketing team within a within a larger marketing organization. Because if we say in a larger marketing organization, the people in corp comms are largely working in digital tools that. A lot of your brand, a lot of your advertising, you know, is, is being 
you know, is being communicated digitally. You know, if, yeah. if you think about the owned media, earned media, paid media, it's almost all digital. Mm-hmm. So what does the digital marketing team become? Is it the, is it the web team? Is it the digital advertising team? Is it the, uh, you know, all the, the, you know, search advertising, search engine optimization? Is it, is it the, speaking of another kind of a catchy term from a few years ago, the demand center, you know, mm-hmm. is, this, is this the hub where all of the material is, is put together, packaged, goes on the web and then goes out to regional marketers for, you know, localization, you know, is it marketing ops? Is marketing ops part of the digital team? Is it separate? Mm-hmm. So, so there's a lot of, I think, organizational questions that a CMO would want to ask. Yeah. And, and, um, isn't, you know, go ahead. So isn't, so it sounds to me like, uh, digital marketing isn't, a separate silo within the marketing team that digital is just um, a tactic, a channel, a way of working. It's not really a way of working, a, a way to communicate with our with our clients and our audience and our prospects. But it's but it needs to sit across all of the old marketing disciplines. And I mean, even right. if you're responsible for events and PR, you've got to be aware of digital. Yeah. And it may be that you that you know as a CMO you need to think about well where where is my marketing team in in its maturity you know yeah. and and it, you know as you as you go to different industries you know uh, obviously in high tech I think marketing has typically been a little bit more um, advanced in terms of trends if you go to you know maybe manufacturing um, you know uh, distribution etc you may find marketing to be uh you know more a little behind the curve yeah and obviously you can't make you know there's lots of <laughs> exceptions to those rules yeah. but as a cmo you'd say well where's my team and if i have a team that's primarily been doing events email communication and has not been engaging in all the other tools uh that they have to connect with prospects and customers then maybe i need a digital marketing strategist and maybe a team that actually is is pushing those boundaries and bringing the rest of marketing along with it. But if I have a fairly mature marketing team, and uh, in terms of digital, um, yeah. and then I need to be thinking about well, just maybe I need to sit back and think about the the, the functional roles of you know who's doing advertising, who's doing corp comms, who's doing operations, who's doing field work, and just yeah. make sure that everybody is 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 up to speed with the digital tools they need to use to be effective these days. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was just thinking as you were speaking there, really, um, if we think of digital marketing as a set of skills, surely now that's pretty much table stakes if you're a marketer that you need to have. I mean, clearly, we don't all need to be able to be SEO experts or we don't need right. to all be able to super optimize a marketing automation database, but we need to be aware of the fact that those things exist and the value they can add to whatever it is that we're trying to achieve in marketing. And not look like a deer in the headlights if yeah. somebody says, well, what yeah. are your digital skills? <laughs> you want to be yeah. able to answer that answer that pretty quickly in the yeah. context of whatever your role is in, in yeah. marketing education. Yeah. And I mean, in the article, I mean, we're going back to a job interview now, which is what the base of the article is, which I'll, of course, include in the show notes, is, I mean... Mark basically piles in on a load of different terms around agile, around um, big data and stuff like that in, in his his terms. But really what we're saying here, I think, is that um, 
there isn't this extreme hyperbole view that Mark is taking that you have to plunge all in. You just if you're if you're interviewing as a marketer today, you need to have digital marketing skills. Correct. Um, but digital and today marketing is just digital. So if we get back getting back to that point and trying to decide whether this is a one hit wonder or a wonderful and it it's it'd be difficult, I think, to say that this is a one hit wonder thing as we've had it for so many years. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's it's, it's got revenue. a string of hits. It's got a yeah. string, kind of like the stones, yeah. Needle, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd suggest this is a this is a wonderful. But the the other um yeah, one of the points I wanted to make there when you were talking about sales going virtual and marketers going virtual, do you think we're losing some of, we're getting too dependent on digital? I mean, if you listen to um, business development folks, I listen to some podcasts and stuff, people are, are crying out the fact that nobody bothers picking up the phone anymore from a business yeah. development perspective. Do you think we've become over-reliant and dependent on digital? Um, you know, that is a... Um certainly a possibility. Uh, and if you, um, you know, if you look at it again, if you think back to specific industries and the particular, um, buyers within those, those, you know, that those companies in those industries, they all have a, a wide variety of preference. Um, you know, some being that they want to kind of interact with people, some being that they want to interact mostly digital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never a hundred percent one way or the other. It's usually, it's a, it's, you know, somewhere between, you know, 80, 20, you know, and most people are in the 60, 40, you know, percentages in terms of what their preferred interactions are. So mm-hmm. um, people will want to pick up the phone. Um you know, and use their, maybe use their digital phone. So is that digital or yeah. is that, <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway, so, you know, it is, um, we'll never get away from wanting to have human contact. Um, mm-hmm. that's just, and so as much as we use these things like intent monitoring to just track all the social or sorry, all the online interactions and we, you know, try to get everything into a database so that we've, you know, we're ex- analyzing all of the, the online activity, um, still people are going to be interacting offline. And I think we, mm-hmm. this is one of the things we discussed. Yeah, we're, we we're getting attribution yeah. is that yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, it just, you can collect all the, if you collect all the data that's possible and you're monitoring it, you're still missing things that happen yeah. that are not online. So therefore, yeah. um, or the salespeople don't capture when they do things, when they interact yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, so, um, so no, I think in people will always want to gravitate back towards just like the event business. People want to gravitate back to having in-person contact yeah. and events. Uh, um, it's just that the digital is going to be a, a big portion of the overall interaction. Right. So I don't think we can say this is a one hit wonder. I think this is beyond wonderful, isn't it? It's actually changed the shape of marketing. It's a, exactly. it's a seminal piece by john lennon or something like that that changed all of pop music so it's probably yeah. more than what wonderwall did back in 95 or whenever it was released uh so we're going to agree that uh, digital marketing is wonderful we're going to disagree with mark ritson that it's bullshit and uh there we go thank you very much Jeff. and there'll, and there'll be more bullshit to talk about in future <laughs> <laughs> future discussion excellent we'll pick that conversation up next week uh with a new topic and um thank you very much Thank you. I'll see you then. Cheers, Jeff. Cheers. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. 
So there we are. Probably didn't need to tell you that digital marketing is more of a classic that changed the world, a John Lennon perhaps, and a Wonderwall. And maybe we will all drop the prefix of digital one day and just call it marketing. But anyway, let me know what you think. And on to our next segment. This week's guest is Caroline Kay, a business and success coach who works with creative and service-led business owners to grow fast to make a bigger impact on the world. Caroline has devised business development strategies for the world's biggest brands and creative agencies. She now lives in Italy and runs her coaching business from London, York and Rome, where I spoke to her. I first spoke to Caroline in July and we catch up on what lessons she's learned from 2020. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome back, Caroline, to Rockstar CMO FM. How are you? I'm really well, thanks, Ian, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Um, So, um, uh, and uh, remind us uh, what it is you do. We had a great conversation last July, I think it was. Remind us what what people, what you do. Yeah, sure. I work with creative and service-led business owners and budding entrepreneurs to help them make the competition irrelevant so they can Mm -hmm. start and scale. I love that. And I, I really enjoyed our conversation last year. And it's actually one of the most popular uh, podcast episodes we have. So it obviously Ooh. resonated with the audience as well. So love that was, that. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, and um, I've, you know, I find chatting to you really inspiring with the work that you do with people. Obviously, it's your job. So I'm getting some, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting some business consultancy for free or some, I don't know whether you call it that or whether you call it um, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am on the consultancy side. <laughs> Not a trained therapist in any way. <laughs> well, um, when um, when we chatted, well, I mean, I'm sure that neither of us believe that this topic would still be current. But when we chatted last summer, I'm sure that we didn't expect to be talking about the pandemic by January. Um, how are you doing and how are your clients doing? Because you're, you're in Italy, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. I'm based out in Rome and um, it's Uh been, feels like a never ending lockdown here Uh because they close the bars at 6pm. So by the time you finish work, there is nowhere to go. Restaurants are closed the same. Weekends, everything's kind of closed. And we had a very different system over here to how you do in the UK. So we had colour coding rather than the tiers that you have. Uh And it was a very, it's been a strange time. I think it felt like since September, we've been on lockdown. So that yeah. is is tough to sort of stay focused and kind of productive and feeling good when you don't have that escape to just go yeah. out and do the things you love. And I know I think that's been challenging for for everyone here in Italy, just to feel like, you know, there's there's work and then you're at home and then there's yeah. work-life balance, which you're trying to get, yeah. but it's, well, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. I mean, the trip to the supermarket is the event of the week yes. and you think that's... Uh, that's pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we 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 haven't we're we're so far into lockdown. We don't even have the um, bars and restaurants open during the day. So we're we're entirely locked down. So uh, it's almost it almost I'm almost jealous of the fact that at least you know that the bars open while you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, oh, maybe I'm, that... unless I'm in it, I'm not happy. <laughs> no, I can imagine. I can imagine. And and um, what what's um what what's the experience you're getting? Because your clients aren't just in Italy, are they? They're they're all over the place. What That's what right. sort of experience are you seeing with with your clients of how, you know, the sort of advice you need to give them and, and coach them through what we're going through right now? Yeah, I think it's been 
a challenging time in lots of ways for so many people. And you hear a lot on the news about, you know, obviously people are out of work, difficult to find new uh-huh. jobs. And But th- I think the positives that have come out, and let's look at the silver linings of 2020, is that yeah. so many people have set up and started their own business. It has been one of yeah, the biggest yeah. years for it. And for me, obviously, that is a great thing because my role as a business coach is to help people to start and yeah. to, to give them the tools and the guidance on how to do that. And it's been pretty amazing working with my clients who are continually inspiring me. I think I'm meant to Mm -hmm. inspire them, but it's definitely going (laughs) the other way around because they're telling me how they've gone after business grants. They've, you know, applied for extra funding. They've found ways to scale their operations. I'm guiding them through tools of productivity and automation and different ways that they can do things. But it's been really exciting getting involved in developing those pitches for them, looking at Kickstarter yeah. funding, looking at, you know, new revenue streams that they can um, expand into because what they did before they can't do anymore. So what yeah, is the yeah. new way of operating? How how will they pivot their business? And it's it's been just eye-opening how much opportunity has actually come out of 2020, as well yeah. as all the disasters that it's caused yeah. in and problems that have arised, I think what it's shown is how people have this real strength to dig deep and yeah. realign with who they are and what they want to do. And the reason that we're all here, it's to make a difference yeah. in the world. And yeah. I found it so exciting to be part of their journey and to continually problem solve and yeah. you know think think of a new way of doing something. And, and I think that's what's been the silver lining for me for for 2020. And I think as we go into 2021, we've learned so many skills or we've found new ways of operating and being. So whether that's, you know, defining your work boundaries and saying, okay, I, between this hour and this hour is when work time is, and then there has to be family yeah. time or there has to be me time, you know, yeah. get out there, do your exercise. You know, the fact that we're all missing the commute to work, I find really entertaining. You know, <laughs> people are missing yeah. going to the office. And it's yeah. like, so people are going out and doing their morning walks and they're getting into these new routines of, finding ways to, you know, give yourself some headspace, get some fresh air, things yeah. that you just took for granted before, that now yeah. it's becoming, you're sort of working it into your day to make sure you get out of the house. And, um, and that where I'm finding all the creative ideas really happen. And I think all the big inspiration happens as well. And one of the things I really advocate to my clients is having a, a morning ritual and mm-hmm. I, I, I follow the Miracle Morning Routine by Hal Elrod, which is fantastic if you've ever read the book or watched the no. videos. He's, yeah. I, I look it up. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And he has these yeah. things called savers and each word, each letter, sorry, stands for a, an acronym. So you, you go into, you know, getting up there. And first of all, it's like having some silence, you know, okay, so let's start the day without you know, the phone or anything and just mm-hmm. get up, get out, go for a walk. And yeah. on that walk, it's be thinking about what do you want to achieve in that day? And there's Mm -hmm. so, I won't go through all the elements, but there's so many different things where you can visualize, you can consider what you want to achieve and imagining yourself doing it. So that's problem solving in itself. And then when you get home, it's kind of okay, right. If I don't know how to do something, if you think there's a roadblock there, there's so much out there, so much free resources to pick up a book and learn how to do it from someone who's trodden the path, done it before, you know, yeah. found out a way to do it. So you read up on it, then start scribing, start figuring out exactly how you're going to do it. So, you know, how are you going to put all of these learnings that we're getting? Because there's so many inputs every day. We have media inputs continu- yeah. continually hammering us to actually be thinking, 
well, how do I put that into practice? What does that actually mean to me? And when you start doing that and that becomes a ritual, you're suddenly kicking off every day with some really new inspiration. You're learning from people that are brilliant and you start doing things you never thought you could do because you're adapting to this new world we're in, which is pretty much online. And you're finding actually there's, there's a lot of rich benefits from that. So if we just make the most of it, that's wonderful. It's exciting. You're, you're, you're a wonderful podcast guest because you just one question and there's so much stuff in what you uh, what you then share and it's and it's all so positive. Well, I want to rewind a little bit because I want to catch at that savers thing. So who was that by? That's Hal Elrod. Hal Elrod. Right. Yeah. I'll include a link to that in the in the show notes because I'm quite intrigued by that. Um, and is that now? Do you think that's now part of your work as a, as a business coach that you? Are, are recommending to people that they look after themselves in this way. It's not just, I mean, because we've been so exposed to the, the hustle culture and, 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 you know, being having been self-employed myself, you get sort of, you just feel like you should be working all of the time. Is that an important piece of advice you give to people? Oh, 100%. Self-care yeah. and starting with, you know, if you think of yourself, think of yourself going out there to serve others, which you're ultimately doing as an entrepreneur, If your tank isn't full, how Mm -hmm. the hell are you going to keep going? How are you going to continue to serve everyone and be at your best and deliver your best work and continue to get referrals and great testimonials and all the things we need to continue building a practice and doing it well? You can't do that on an empty tank. So if you're feeling run down, exhausted, stressed out, there is no way you can do your best work. And that's just going to be the death of your business before you've even started. So always with all my clients, it's like, look after you first, Get make sure you're on fire, tip-top condition, you've got enough sleep, you're feeling fit, you're eating the right food. All of those things are so important. And it all mm-hmm. kind of goes out the window when you're laser focused on <laughs> hitting the bottom line, making sure the cash flows in, you know, <laughs> delivering on all your clients' expectations. And yeah. that's why so many people have hit burnout when they're in the yeah. world of work. And you hear so much about people hitting burnout and then having some sort of breakdown. And then that's when they either find coaching, that happens a lot, or, or even... Um, you know, start their own business, but then they're in a whole new world of learning, adapting, building. So it is actually the first thing you need to do. And I think one of the things that's come out of 2020 is, yeah, obviously your health is number one. I think we've all Mm. known that, but it's put a spotlight on it even more, but it's about refocusing and making sure you're looking after yourself as the best you can do. The world is out of control. There is nothing we can do to solve that. But what we can do is we can control how we're looking after ourselves, how we're showing up in the world. And like I say, if that tank is full, you're going to deliver your best and that can only be a road to success for you. Yeah, I think that's great advice for everybody, whether you're in a, whether you're a solo entrepreneur or whether you're in a large organization, that that contribution, particularly nowadays with, with us being all on digital and and there isn't that separation from home and office. And I mean, people are saying, aren't they, that am I working from home or do I now live at work? (laughs) it's it's the feeling a lot of us now have isn't it that we that we actually live at work we don't work from home um so what's the what out of all of that is is that do you think that's the primary thing that 2020 has taught us um about what's important in our lives or or do you think we've learned more as as business uh, drivers i think as um business drivers as you put it it's about Mm. having that sense of purpose I think that's what yeah. keeps us all sane isn't it yeah. getting up in the morning and knowing you've got something to do something to offer and yeah. um, you're going to make a difference and I think that while all of the self-care practices I talked about helps you look after yourself it can only go so far you then need to have your big goal your big vision 
of what you yeah. want to do. And I think with so many people that have found themselves out of work for no fault of their own, um, mm-hmm. because the world has gone mad, it, it is a case <laughs> of how do you pick yourself back up again and either ride it out because you're waiting for your industry to come back or if you want to try something new because that isn't going to come back or it won't be the same or it's too yeah. long to wait and you need to reimagine and, and start again. So I yeah. think when people are doing that, it's finding that purpose. It's tuning into who they are, what they have to offer in the world. It's thinking about um, really s- sort of setting that mission and saying, you know, how, what's my legacy going to be? How am I going to contribute? And I think when you start asking those questions, it's when it gets really exciting. And you maybe yeah. start thinking about, well, I, maybe I'm in the waiting game. I know my partner, he's um, he has many challenges in the sense that <laughs> he's just walked in the room and some music kicked off. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, as my partner, he works in the world of travel. And mm-hmm. obviously the travel industry is, is, is on yeah. a hold for the foreseeable. Um, yeah. He's actually spent his time investing in his passions and volunteering for things and getting involved in other activities that are expanding his skill set. And I think when you can tap into what brings you the joy, what makes you happy and gives you that purpose, then you start to see all the possibilities. And and like I said, so purpose is one thing, but also that second thing for me is seeing the silver linings, you know, out of all the negativity, what's the benefit and, and flipping those, those things around. So I've had a, a terrible start to the new year. I've had um, both my parents have come down with COVID. Mm-hmm. I, my partner, his mum had a stroke on New Year's Day and has been in hospital. Not. It has just been, you know, when you're the child worrying about the parent, it's the worst thing yeah, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. say it's the other way around, but I, I think it's definitely worse when you've hit that age. Yeah. And so what can you do about it? That is something outside of your control. All you can yeah. do is do your best to show up, tap, tap, tap in, offer help, advice, but also then focus on ha- what you can do to make yourself feel better. For me, it's throwing myself yeah. into work. And yeah. um, I've thrown myself into this new podcast that I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, that's the reason why I had you on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. <laughs> that, that's been 100% what I've done. And that silver lining is I've done, for me, a creative project that I have yeah. had in the work since October yeah. 2019. Wow. Uh, it has really took me some time to get this going. and And that's for lots of reasons, but really it's about not having the focus of the time to do it. And suddenly when you're yeah. stuck at home all the time, suddenly yeah. you have a lot more time. So yeah, let's yeah. think about how we use that time. And and there's a silver lining. Yeah. And it's also, it's wonderful to have an, um, to give yourself an excuse to reach out to like the conversation we're having now to somebody uh, and, and actually have that conversation, even though we're recording it and sharing it with everybody else. It's, 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 it's a joy, isn't it? To, to, to have, to be driven to to have these conversations. Oh, absolutely. And it's just the fact that I've been able to tap into so many experts and people yeah. that have done it, as I said, walked the path before, done it before. So I, yeah. I've worked with somebody who was previously on um, BBC Radio 6 as a presenter there in the music wow. side. I've worked with somebody who's a, a podcast award-winning producer um, mm-hmm. and I've then somebody who's got a really fantastic show and, and, and talking with yourself as well and finding out, so what tools do you use? How do you overcome yeah. this problem? Okay, I've yeah. hit this wall. No idea. Yeah. how to get past it because yeah. I think with any creative exploration and journey is you'll come up against a hurdle you'll come up against something that feels like a roadblock and that you can't fix and it's so yeah. easy to give up if you're on your own but as soon as you reach out to somebody who's walked that path had that bit of experience 
they can just give you that answer that you could spend hours killing yourself trying to answer and they could just say oh yeah. just try this oh yeah. suddenly the world is <laughs> it's good again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so uh, the theme of your podcast is snippets of genius and i think you're on episode three right? i am yeah episode three yeah. was launched this week and um yeah. it's snippets of genius the name actually came from uh the fact that i i recorded a lot of um content. So Mm -hmm. with any podcast, it's all about good storytelling, isn't it? You want to hear someone's journey. You want it not to be a sales pitch, but actually someone telling you about some of the challenges they've had and the highs and the lows and, and, and kind of explore it. And I'd found that I'd dug quite deep into some conversations and they've become very long. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with any story, some parts you're kind of thinking, okay, get to the point, get to the point, and then uh, they get there. <laughs> if you're a talker like me, you'll find that um, you, somebody talks for a long time and doesn't get to the point. So I really wanted to create a show that was got to the point really as quickly yeah. as possible, but didn't lose some of the art of the storytelling and get you involved in yeah. some of those journeys. Um, and when I was explaining one of my challenges to one of the producers, I said, um, I, I don't know how to get to the good stuff because in there, there's some real snippets of genius, but I, I want to get through the long, long yeah. story. And yeah. how do I do that? And they said, well, there's a great name. And I was like, oh, yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, edit yeah. it down and get to the good stuff because with yeah. but the obviously my audience base is for people wanting to start their own business or scale yeah. their current business. And if you're a busy entrepreneur, the last thing you have is a solid time. hour of time to, to yeah. tune into podcasts. So like yourself, <laughs> it, it's, can you make it 20 minutes? Can you make it accessible for a commute or for a, for a morning walk or a morning run or whatever you're doing? And yeah. I wanted to get that time frame. And so as yeah. soon as I knew I could hit that time frame and I could pull together the really great snippets, the really great stories, that's where I felt the genius comes in. People will get that high value, still get some good storytelling, um, but really will be finding out what they need to know to be able to move their business forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. I, lo- I mean, I, lo- I love the idea, and I've been listening to podcasts, and it's it's fabulous and 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 very well produced too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that that ironically, on that note of the fact that we need to keep this as a snippet of genius, <laughs> uh, but the way we've come up to time as well, and I just think it's funny you making a comment about. I mean, there's there's me with a podcast that somebody the other day described on LinkedIn as lots of chat, yeah. and, and it's and the last week's was an hour long, so. Um, maybe I need to take a leaf out of your book there and, and get to the get to the snippets. But um, for now, uh, Caroline, it's been lovely catching up with you. Um, where can people find Snippets of Genius? Uh, it's on all the major platforms. Uh, so you can find uh, it on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify. Um, it's yeah. also hosted on my website, www.carolineK.co forward slash podcast. You can see all the episodes there. Um, yeah. But I think pretty much all of them I've managed to get it distributed on now, um, all the major platforms. And it really is, if you're wanting to have that bit of inspiration to hear somebody's mm-hmm. journey of how they've took the leap, found their way through the yeah. fear, used their network, you know, created a business that's thriving, there'll be something in there for you. And I'm really moving through all the different companies at the moment, you know, sectors. So I've got everything from yoga yeah. to digital agency to film producer. Yeah. They're just the first three. And yeah. it's about, you know, if you've got a dream and you're thinking, I really should do it, but I'm not sure how, there'll be some snippets yeah. in there to help you on your way. 
Well, there you go. Well, hopefully after people have listened to this, <laughs> they'll listen to yours. And um, <laughs> it's it's an, and it's a rare sunshine. I mean, it's it's full of positivity. And um, as you are, um, Caroline, it's always a pleasure to chat to you. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, speak to you very soon. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Ian. Always a pleasure. I love chatting to Caroline. Her positivity would give anyone a lift and just the tonic for this year. Speaking of tonic, it's that time again. It's Friday evening. Time to switch off the Zoom and make my way to the Rockstar CMO virtual bar, where I hope to find my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend. It's nice hello. to see you here in the in the bar where, what is it, 30, 30 something times now we've yes, met in the yes, bar. Yes. People are going to start to talk, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, tonight we are drinking uh, something that I think is especially uh, uh, appropriate for us here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Relief. <laughs> as in we we are getting some much needed relief um i'll what, let you what make from your, robert yeah well, you know i'll let you make your own conclusions about relief from what yes um it is tequila it's a tequila drink so you take yeah. your favorite reposado um add a bit of mint um mint. some cucumber which i suspect you may actually even have yes um uh, lime and then a hint of cayenne pepper. It's uh, just to add a little sparkle to it, and it's we're calling it the the relief. So it's, the a, relief. it's a lovely cocktail. That sounds splendid. And I shall cast my eye over my desktop bar as we do every week, and let's see if I can replicate that with the ingredients I have here. Um, Indeed. Um, oh, I seem to be out of Bosado <laughs> tequila as usual, uh, but I do have some Hendrix gin. Ah, so uh, I shall uh, I shall have a little. The spot. same color as a reposado. Oh, that um, makes a change for us, doesn't it? <laughs> decidedly different uh, taste. Yes. The oh, did you put ice in that? I do indeed. Yes. Okay. Cool. Some ice, and what else did you add into that? There was cucumber. Cucumber. Maybe you have that actually. Well, yeah, I don't um, have it in lime my Lime and cayenne. That sounds great. It sounds very similar to tonic, yeah. <laughs> which, I shall, which I shall generously pour into that. Uh, and normally uh, today, uh, and that's true, I have cucumber in this tonic. I, I have fever tree tonic, cucumber tonic. So There you go. There you go. That's um, probably oh yeah, my, the closest we've gotten. Actually, <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's the first time we've got an ingredient together. I'm going to taste this. Oh, that's... That's very nice. That's quite quite the relief. Uh, and, <laughs> and now I'm supposed nice. to say, what was that drink called again, Robert? That was called the relief. That's very nice. And I think I could drink one of these every week. <laughs> and I usually do. And so uh, we're, we're sipping these lovely uh, clear r- drinks, these nice reliefs. Uh, where are we this week, Robert? Well, you know, what I have this week on my mind is uh, American football. Oh. 
And, um, you know, my team sadly is, is woefully out of it this year. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I think what would be fun, uh, for us would be to enjoy the game together. So we would go and, and, and visit, uh, the, we would go to Kansas city, Kansas, Mm-hmm. Uh, or Kansas City, Missouri, depending on which side of the border you are on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly don't know which side the stadium is on. I believe it's on the Missouri side, but I could be wrong there. Um, and we would watch the Kansas City Chiefs play the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. um, and they would be they're playing a playoff game, of course, this yeah. weekend. Um, and we would watch that football game and, and share these drinks together. And and that sounds probably out of a flask, to be quite honest. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fantastic. And would that would we be sitting? uh, You you do do you do segregation in in American football? I don't know if you do, but we'd be sitting in the same end as your friend Joe Polizzi, or we? There is, yeah. They we we do not here in American football do the do the the splitting of of fans, but um, there tends to be more home team fans on the home side mm-hmm. of the field and and more visitors on the visitor side yeah. but that is obviously um uh, a pretty mixed bag right right yes and, uh, and joe probably would not be there um although i'm sure he would like to be there <laughs> um but he's uh, probably staying in cleveland i suspect yes yes and then um, is there a bet riding on this one between you two i know this is a bit of an inside there's no thing. bet between me and i there, he has plenty of bets with other people i <laughs> quite candidly don't really care <laughs> <laughs> but you've already got the shirt so you're in good shape when we that's go. right all right so um uh, amongst the roaring of the fans and uh, and and the, the the drinking of these drinks and the peanuts that we'll be eating and the pizza and all sorts of other things that go on at American football games um, and the halftime show. Do they have halftime shows in regular games? Well, you know, if you would think of, you know, in, in a similar vein to, 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 to the way that you do our cocktails, if you would consider uh, Coors Light beer uh, to be hard punch. Um, yes, they do. Indeed. <laughs> um, so during that, um, what is it that we're going to be discussing this week? Well, I, you know, it's a thing that's been on my mind as we begin this year, mm-hmm. which is thinking about thought leadership um, and what we're doing there. And I was talking with someone, uh, you know, just the other day, I was a client and they were lamenting their inability basically to get out of this copycat cycle, um, wow. you know. You know, some of it's better designed, some of it's ranks higher in search, but basically it's, you know, they're in an industry where there is a right way to do things and they're all saying basically do things yeah. the right way. Yeah. And, um, and you and I are familiar with that from both the industries we, yeah. you and I come from, right? You know, yeah. there is a right way to do web content management and, you know, digital asset management and those mm-hmm. kinds of things and mm-hmm. very few companies actually go against the grain in mm. um and the key though is a little different is that it addresses in many ways their thought leadership the most frequently asked questions from people right yeah. and that's a common way that businesses go about it these days right the yeah. way that they go about thought leadership is they look at the most frequently asked questions and then they try to develop some unique angle and then they create content that offers varying depth of an answer to that question and they do it in a webinar or a blog post or a white paper and, and so on but interesting so what's interesting to me here is that when you think about true thought leadership um you know it's not that right 
you know, the most frequently asked questions are also the most frequently answered questions. Mm-hmm. And so the answers to those questions really aren't leading anything. Um, true, actual thought leadership typically is delivering insight into questions that people haven't thought to ask yet, yes. or certainly haven't thought to ask in the way that they might ask it. And, you know, when I think back to the most impactful thought leadership in, for example, our space of marketing, you know, things like Innovator's Dilemma or Tony Shea's Delivering Happiness or, you know, any of those kinds of things, they were, you know, they're on topics that we're familiar with, but they answer questions that we didn't know we had. They yeah. bring new thought, new ideas to this. So I guess my point is, is that as we start this new year, one of the things that we might think about as content practitioners is balancing some of the things that we do to sort of answer the frequently asked questions that our consumers have, but also start thinking of ideas that quite frankly, haven't been answered yet. Yeah. I love this. And you really have to stop coming into my zoom calls, Robert. (laughs) 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 Because I think you just spent the afternoon with me, but um, I, I, uh, and yes, so the idea, two thoughts sprung into my mind that, that when your thought leadership becomes so generic, it's actually hygiene content because you're doing it because everybody else is expecting you to do it and you're doing it and therefore god that takes the joy out of that doesn't it and and the it other does. point and and the other the other thing is that to use it to stimulate the next round of frequently asked questions or maybe the questions they may ask of your competitors well right and and what you end up doing is answering those questions Sometimes in a way that, you know, is differently worded or, you know, whatever, but truly, you know, and this is, you know, we often, you know, this is an exercise that almost all marketing, you know, sort of teachers, um, you know, gurus, quote unquote, will, will, you know, it's a, it's a cute little bit of, of stage play where you go, well, I'm going to put your competitor's logo on the top of your stuff and (laughs) your stuff on the top of your competitor's content and we'll see whose is which right yeah and the and the and and you go oh it's neat because we can't really tell right (laughs) i've done that (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't do it with the logo i didn't do it with the logos what i did is i stripped all the branding off of three pieces of um three three uh, a couple of paragraphs of content describing what the what the vendor did and i put ours up i put and not ours as i mean it's a former employer and not, nobody that i'm working with right now i put theirs up i put and they're two primary competitors and you know the executive team thought they were so groovy and different and i said okay then groovy and different which one of those is yours <laughs> And they, they, you know, they voted for different ones. So, right. <laughs> so right. I, I've done that. And again, Robert, please stop hacking into my Zoom calls. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the other what the other fun one to do on that is to yeah. pull someone's boilerplate from their press releases, yeah, and remove all of the adjectives and adverbs, <laughs> yeah. And basically you're left with like, you know, we do things, you know, (laughs) you know, we make stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and you you don't leave in leading, do you? (laughs) With a leading, with a leading doer of things. Yeah. Or with synergies (laughs) or with paradigm shifting solutions. (laughs) 
to industry-wide problems. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Bingo. So, um, so we've identified that uh, you, you know you're, the, the conversation you're having about the, the thought leadership, and we need to we need to make it different. Where do, where should people go for that inspiration? Where how how do you elevate your thought leadership so it's actually genuinely leading? Um, what do you say? Well, it's a great question, and 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 you know, all I can do is speak to. I mean, what we're really talking about here is just having new ideas, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 understanding that those new ideas or new concepts that we want to bring forward mm. are not going to be terribly search worthy, right? Yeah. Because if they truly are worth something, probably nobody's searching for it. You know, yeah. like. You know, the example I use is when, you know, when Apple introduced the iPhone to the world, nobody was searching for the iPhone. True. And and when you bring an idea like that forward, it's truly teaching your customers and and convincing them that this new idea is an important one. Yeah. And the inspiration for that can come from so many different places. you know, a common one for me is literally just looking at material that isn't in my industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the, my favorite things to do when I was traveling, and, and I don't get to do it much anymore, so I have to kind of do it digitally, which is not as fun, quite frankly, mm-hmm. was I would go to the newsstand and I would pick out magazines in completely different industries, you know, gardening and tools and hardware and, you know, all sorts of things. And I would read those magazines with an eye toward hearing about new ideas of what were going on in them and, and thinking about how they might apply to, to what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think there's a lot, you know, you know, just looking at the world through different eyes can often bring you inspiration to a new approach to something that is completely different. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's, yeah. it, it is a, you know, it, it is a new way to look at things. Yeah, no, I love that. And, um, I also, I mean, uh, the, the, the fact that you're an absolute student of, of advertising and stuff, and I know that you enjoy that stuff, um, is, is an inspiration for me as well. I think, um, uh, and then ap- applying the, ap- you know, how how is it that somebody is engaging a gardener with their tools? How do I apply that to my B two B software? Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting yeah. way to Sometimes think. It's silly and stupid, and and you yeah. you know you draw in your little journal and you yeah you make an idea and you jot it down and three days later you go oh my god that was silly, but <laughs> but other times you go huh yeah that's really interesting you know that's yeah. a really interesting angle to take on you know on a on, on a problem. Yeah. Should I um should I say the old hackneyed people buy from people do, regardless of what industry you're in. So the 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 same emotional driver that that drives somebody to to make a big a purchase for I don't know why we're now on gardening you mentioned the magazine uh, for a gardening purchase is you're driven by the same things when you're in business as well, right? If you're I mean I'm I'm just making a comparison B2B but I don't know whether your client was B2B. But it's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, and, and, you know, and, and that is true. You're whatever you start to look at, you know, to sort of get, I mean, the other thing that I used to do when I actually had to commute, um, you know, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago was, you know, the sort of the patterns that we, that we follow and, and how we get new ideas. Yeah. Um, 
you know, when I was commuting to work every day, one of the things that I would do is I would take a new route, right? I would just take some random new route to mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. because what it makes you do is just you see different things and you're triggered by different things. And so you can sometimes, you know, have, you know, cause we all get insight while we're in the shower or while we're yeah, taking a walk yeah. or, you yeah. know, we're doing something else. We can have some of the, one of those magical insights that we get. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just shaking things up, you know, our yeah. pattern so that our brains begins to, to, to think of things in a bit of a different way. Yeah. No, I think it's good. And I think that, I mean, nowadays, um, it's so easy for us because um, media is increasingly personalized and we select that we spend much of our lives consuming the stuff that other people like us consume. Right? You, you, we, don't, we don't watch terrestrial TV where we don't choose the adverts. We don't um, listen to the radio. We listen to podcasts. You know? So it's a, our, our, the choices of the media we consume, we should, we should perhaps listen to something very different for a change yeah or you know right exactly or just listen to it in a different context yeah yeah you know i find you know when i listen to podcasts i often listen to and as as i know you do um listen to podcasts while i'm taking my evening walk or or you know while i'm in, in sort of my creative time here in my office and you know sometimes just you know changing it up and listening to something while I'm making dinner or changing it up and listening to it in the morning instead of the evening and just changing up the context of where you are can often spark new ideas. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So thank you for that. And so we need to um, raise our game with our thought leadership. I completely agree with that and um, suggest questions that people aren't asking yet and uh, and to change it up that's an excellent advice for this week and um who do you predict will win this football game we're watching <laughs> well <laughs> I, you know here's the thing i'm going to go with the underdog the, the the cleveland browns yeah um will uh will win this game but that is you know i'm <laughs> I'm, at, I'm, I'm loath to do that because the Chiefs are very, very good. But we'll see. We'll see where we'll see. Uh, we'll see where these things net out. Well, um, I'm not the best qualified to talk about football, but I do know a podcast where football is occasionally mentioned. It's um, this old marketing with you and Joe Polizzi, which is now weekly. Uh, next episode would have come out by the time this gets published, right? You're a Friday publisher. Are you? When's the next episode? The next po- yes, we are start. We are we are going weekly now. As thank mm-hmm. you very much. And and the and the key is is that we are Friday mornings. Right. Um, so Friday. So it'll be. I mean, I should say Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Friday mornings at six a.m. I believe is when the is when the podcast goes live. So that would be Friday afternoon for mm-hmm. you in the uh, the motherland, as it were. Yes. Um, and. Uh, and in the later part of the morning for those of us on the West Coast and West of that. Right. Well, that's fabulous. And I, I, I'm presuming that I'm not supposed to promote other podcasts on this podcast. So, But once you've finished, uh, hopefully uh, once people have finished listening to this and they haven't picked it up and it was released yesterday, I suggest they do. So um, I love it. And um, also, uh, where can people find your writing? And if they spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you, Mr. Rose? Well, of course, you can find us uh, at the website, which mm-hmm. is contentadvisory.net, which is where we talk about all things content. And then, of course, I'm on all of the – I have not been banned from the social media <laughs> politicians. Uh, 
Um, so you can find me on Twitter and, of course, on LinkedIn. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, and will I see you in the bar next week? You will indeed. I look forward to it. Thanks, mate. I'll see you then. Thank you, Robert. You may have noticed, but I really enjoy those conversations. I'm probably the wrong person to talk about American football, but go Browns! Of course, I will include all his links, including to the This Old Marketing Podcast, in the show notes. Maybe after 36 trips to the virtual bar with Robert, I should move on from the gin and tonics. You let me know. So that's a wrap on episode 45 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Martin podcast. Thanks again to Jeff, Caroline and Robert. But most of all, thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and jiving along with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like my guests, please click on their links, follow them, take a look at their work and share it. I really appreciate their time. Of course, I will include all their links in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast, where you can also find all our previous episodes. So, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? We're 45 episodes in, and this was a bit of a lockdown project for me, shouting into the void as my daughter describes my social media strategy. So please, help me at my family dinner table. Let me know what you think. Drop us a review, subscribe, share, or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, Jeff and I will be discussing another one-hit wonder or wonderful. We've already decided what it is. It's quite a good one next week. I'll slot in another chat with one of my industry chums, and you heard the man. I'll undoubtedly find Robert Rose in our virtual bar. Until then, I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of rockstarcmo.com, and I hope you'll join us next week here at Rockstar CMO. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.